Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Yep. Welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast. The podcast where we talk about how daylight savings time is the fucking devil. <laughs> I'm your host, Juice, here with my lovely co-host, Leo. What's up, Leo? Not much, man. Just uh, <clears throat> just got done uh, going paintballing. Um, so that was really fun. Uh, Did you time travel to the early 2000s that? to do that? Yeah, almost, to be honest with you. It felt that way. Uh, weirdly enough, a lot of Latinos there. Interesting. Interesting. We are in L.A. Yeah, that's true. I feel like Anyways, if I went uh, in New Jersey, that wouldn't be my experience. Right. That's probably very true. Um, but that is, uh, that is interesting to note. Yeah. Culturally, things happen differently on different coasts. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, but I just mean like interesting for you to know that even in your area, there are like, because I, I wouldn't have thought that. Paintball seems very much like a white guy thing. Like, bro, let's go paintballing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not that. A bunch of people drinking at their cars before they went paintballing. It's a good idea. Getting dehydrated, it's amazing. Fucking tailgating. Yeah. To do paintballing. Who doesn't? Who doesn't tailgate to do everything? Honestly, who doesn't tailgate to do everything these days? People are just like, I'll get drunk before I go to an opera. Fuck it. (laughs) You think I'm going to go fucking sober? Yeah. (laughs) You think I'm going (laughs) to, you think I'm going to go sober to Carmen? Are you crazy? Hey, let's fucking sit down in this Italian chairs. Uh, anyway, uh, so I just did that. Just had some Korean barbecue, bunch of, you know, non-vegetarian stuff. Sorry, Juice. Yep, that's okay. All right, really, there's a there's a fair amount of like vegetarian vegan stuff that's part of Korean barbecue. If you don't get the meat, there's like on the, the outside, yeah, whatever. The side, yeah. they are very good. The the kimchi the and the uh, and the all the pickled stuff and the cucumber yeah. is so good. It's Which, like, really if, good. if I go to a regular barbecue restaurant, like American barbecue, and I just get sides, it's fucking mac and cheese. Yeah, vegan potatoes. wise, yeah. Yeah, that's not vegan really. Vegan wise, it's not very, no. very likely that you'll find, you might find with one thing. Yeah. But even still, even if it was like vegetarian, like, it's just like, you know, not something I would go specifically for. You know what I mean? It's like fucking yeah. whatever, but like Korean barbecue, you, you can have, end up having some good stuff. It's true. It's really good. And I was eating that all. And then also on top of that, just also the meats. Turns out Korean barbecue places need to change. Uh, I'm sorry. Arby's and Korean barbecue places need to change their advertisements. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because Korean barbecue has the meats. Yeah. And Arby's just has, you know, someone taking a shit in their toilet. The <laughs> I was just saying, what's the fucking slogan for Korean barbecue that would become the new one for Arby's? <laughs> Someone's in our bathroom taking a shit right now. <laughs> That's what it is. Arby's. Anyaseo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we uh, we we lost uh, we lost a copyright dispute. We had to switch slogans. Anyaseo. Korean barbecue. We got the meats. Yeah. Arby's. Arby's. Anyaseo. Anyaseo. Perfect. We should mention that Leo and I used to work in a BMW dealership that was in like right next door to Koreatown. Koreatown. Yeah. At any given point, we would have a Korean fleet manager that literally their whole job was to like draw the Korean market. And so they would come in like, Anyaseo. 
I think yeah. it's like to, hi, how are you? Us. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, and they and they ran that. They fucking ran it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like a business within a business. Yeah, yeah. I'd be it like, was, yeah. Oh, you want the Korean there. guys? And then they started like leading to like weird profiling, which was even weirder. So yeah. Anyway, I feel like we should. <laughs> that's where we should end that part of the government. Anyways, guys, you're here for UFC, right? We're here for UFC. Kind of. Kind of. That's true. Uh, I I wanted to note at the top, Leo. Uh, people that have you know been listening over the last couple of weeks know that I just did a show. I just and it just ended yesterday. Was closing <clears throat> night. Yeah. Cheers to that, brother. We fucking did it. I'll cheers my fucking coffee, which is part of what I'm about to say. I'm literally drinking coffee at 7.30 because daylight savings time is the devil. This was the worst time to end a show, okay? So (laughs) yesterday we did two shows. We had 2 p.m. matinee and 7 p.m. Most people just went home. Or sorry, most people didn't go home. Especially most people on our cast come from kind of far. I happened to live like 15 minutes from the theater. So I ran home, fed the cats, freshened up, whatever, came back. Everyone else, like they ordered food for us, like pizza and salads and all that other bullshit. Like most people just hung out all day. I was like, couldn't be me. Fucking I would want to die if I did that. But um, and anyway, we were exhausted by the end, just absolutely wrecked. And then everyone's like, let's go out. And uh, I wanted to like go out a little bit. Kay was like, no, let's go out. I want to I want to go out with them. Like she didn't want to go out like in during the rehearsal process when I would go out with them, but she was like, no, let's go out with them. I want to go out. We ended up staying to the bar at 2 a.m. And this is why I said worst time to um uh, daylight savings time. Daylight savings time or to do a show because of daylight savings time, because it starts at 2 a.m. on Sunday. And yeah. so, and because if we're in the spring forward, once the clock strikes 2 a.m., we're now 3 a.m. And fucking, I, we're, we, we get out of the bar and our choreographer there that was out drinking with us is absolutely smashed. Love it. And I'm like, hey, I, I already not really, I had one beer like around 11 or so and oh, did wow. not drink until then. So I was completely sober. I had already was going to, you know, make sure that I could drive Kate, that she could have a good time. And so cry for smash, I was like, you're not driving. Give me your keys. You know, she somehow snuck out and went right to her car <laughs> and started it up. We had to like go and like hold the door open so that she couldn't like drive away. And then eventually someone was like, okay, I put it in park and then like took the keys out. Literally had to like, it was like dealing with a toddler, which you right. know, when, when someone's completely drunk, of it course. is like dealing with a toddler. 100%. Like, and so we were there like an extra hour dealing with that. <sighs> like could not get her to leave. Or could, could not get her to leave with us. Uh, to, to Luckily, someone else like lives in her. She's like 40 minutes away from us, which I was like, I'd rather drive 40 minutes and have you fucking drive in the state you're in. Right. But luckily, someone was like, I live 10 minutes from her. Like, let me take her home, whatever. Great. Um. I we went home fucking super late. I got up at like 6:30. Nice. Which I'm just now realizing means I I slept for like 3 hours or something. I can't No, I might have gone up 6:30 and went back. I think I maybe got up around 9. So I got 6 hours of sleep. Okay. Something around there. 
and uh, I committed to like I kind of didn't schedule anything today so I could just sit down and catch up on all the fights. Leo, I actively avoided spoilers. I, I saw a few. Same. Yeah. Same. I, I was on I was on Twitter last night. Um, I was going. I I did a little <clears throat> taping last night, and it was during the fights. I, I watched some of them in my car um before the taping um so i got to pretty much watch all the prelims and then i was like on twitter and then i was like mm, no i'm not gonna scroll so i just stopped and yeah. then i just and then when i got home i was able to watch them i just turned on my phone i was like all right i'm just gonna watch the fights and then i fell asleep during the last fight because you know it's so boring yeah um similar experience for me uh, although I, I woke up i started with the main card mostly because I wanted to make sure I got that in if I didn't finish the other stuff. And then I was also yep. like, um, you know, it's, it's the first thing that pops up when you turn ESPN plus yep. this is the main card. Um, great fights on the main card. I thought, and yeah. like, Oh yeah. I've always said this, like, even if a fight gets spoiled for you, like one of the things I like about MMA is that you can still watch the fight and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I, I extra enjoyed it. Not having the spoilers. Oh yeah. Um, and, and I was like, I gave myself like one of those fucking, you know, you try and like imitate the experience or whatever. When you, I was like live tweeting in the morning <laughs> for some reason. I was, I was going to start doing that last yeah, night. I was like, that's I was weird. Like, but not in the sense that like, I was like, Oh, what a great right hand by Khalil. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just yeah, was yeah. Like, I would tweet a relevant tweet about that fight. Just kind of like, Oh wow. Fucking whatever. Absolutely. So I fired off a couple of those this morning. And then I, I, we took a break had some breakfast or it was brunch at that point. I thought it was like one o'clock or something that I ended up well, two o'clock because of goddamn daylight savings time. I started to watch the prelims. Board. No, uh, I liked them. And I was gonna I was gonna say this because there was a, a banger of a fight between Damon Jackson and Kamala Kirk. Fell asleep, not because the fight was boring, but because Life. your boy is running on empty. So if I sound tired, low energy. Life caught up to him. Oh, that's okay. He had a great right show. Out. Either way, he had a great show yesterday. He was so tired because he had yeah. to carry the weight of both shows. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> like no disrespect to him, like his cast or his yeah. wife that's also in the cast, but like your boy had to lift. I, I carried the show. Yeah. Your boy had to lift twice in a dress. Lift. Lift T Cross came and saw, saw the show on Saturday. Oh, great! And he sent me a text of me in the dress from his vantage point in the audience. He goes, "So uh, this was unexpected." <laughs> well, you gotta love it. Um, all right, Juice. I think your fight is up first. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Here's what I wanted to say, dude. The the my prelim pick that I want to talk about is Guido Canetti versus Chris. Moutinho. And here's the thing. I like Chris Moutinho. He had a great interview on Combat Sports with Rhino. He said something so hilarious that I'll never forget. Rhino always asks a food question. And he goes, and Rhino's like, put yourself in this mind frame. The fight's over. You've done your weight cut. You've you've abstained from your favorite foods. You've depleted your body. You got a big win. It's the next day. You're celebrating. Where are you going? What are you getting? What are you getting it from? And Chris Martini goes, I mean, I'm a garbage person. <laughs> hey man, need way more context for that. Nope. And then and then he starts talking about like how he just eats like honey buns from 7-Eleven. Yeah. Like any fucking junk food he could find. Um, yep. 
but anyways, I like the guy a lot. And 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 I was listening to uh, the the Coleman event uh, power hour, you know, for for patrons only. Um, and uh, they were talking about they had a, a similar thought to like what I was feeling. And I was like, yeah, that is what's happening. Uh, Guido Kennedy's like in his 40s. He's in his early 42. 40s. Yeah, yeah. 40, so I thought it was 42. I didn't want to be wrong. He's 42. Oh, yeah. And Chris Martin is a young guy that's like, and, and, and someone, I think it was Chad on, on coming event was like kind of making a point. Like, it feels like they're they're doing Chris a solid here. Like, okay, you stepped up on short notice, went a uh, fucking took an absolute hellacious beating from Sean O'Malley. We're gonna reward you with a with a softball down the middle. It's a 42-year-old Guido, you know, people know him from the UFC. Bruh, Guido did not get the memo. But also, I wanted to say Chris Tyone ain't shit because that stoppage was weak. It was yeah, it early. Was, and it was the broadcast. Oh, oh, I guess so. The, the angle I'm seeing at it's not a, you know, for the eyes were no. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, similar to the concept of like the Ewan Kutalaba stoppage that happened. Um, which well, I think was, was like he was playing Keith, possum. Right, which I think was Keith. Play, play maybe game. I'm not sure. No, but... it was Kevin McDonald. Yes. Um the Boston guy, I remember. So with the the Moutinho situation last night, like yeah, I don't know, man. Like, we're gonna have to see Chris step into a more defensive position because he let, sure does like yeah. getting punched in the face a lot. Yeah, I was saying, it is it is hard to 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 criticize it too much because he sure wasn't doing a whole ton to avoid getting hit in the face. Like, yeah. if that was ground event, those were like repeated unanswered strikes. But like, he just didn't seem to be out to me. He, I was right. like, especially after he separated, Chris was like, "Hey, man, what the fuck." And again, yeah, like you can't really block punches with your face. So I get the whole intelligent defense thing for as a stoppage. Now we're talking through it, but like, I don't know. I just but, hate it. But that said, Guido looked amazing, dude. And, and like one of my um, one of my castmates is uh, from from, uh, from Argentina. We were talking about Argentina last night. And uh, it's so funny, too, because he, he's a little shorter. He's playing. He played our Farquad, who's like, the you know, the whole joke that he's short. And uh, the second I mentioned Argentina and, and that where he's like, He's like everyone there is is short like me. <laughs> I I didn't realize I never talked about his height the entire time we talked about it. And then he's like everyone in Argentina is short. If you go there, you'd be a giant. If you're five six in Argentina, you're really tall. Oh shit! <laughs> what? I was like I don't know if that's entirely true. It's <laughs> like you're saying that, but then I was looking at Guido being like maybe a tracks, <laughs> a little bit tracks. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but he looked he looked did look amazing. I mean, he was really piecing up uh, Moutinho very nicely and sure the stoppage was a little weird but you know Chris wasn't really doing a lot a whole lot to avoid those strikes to the face so you know what else was weird the extreme close-up during his interview mm-hmm. and the kind of the timing of it was he was kind of getting a little emotional I think talking about his kids or something like that but they got right <laughs> I was like <laughs> I was like Pull camera back. angles nobody asked for for yeah, 5000. Yeah, exactly. Um man. But overall, you know, good win yeah, for him. I'm I mean, interested to see what what happens from here. Uh, you know. I mean, both, you know, looking at their records, both similar records from yesterday, so Yeah, I mean I'm interested to see who he goes up against now, especially mm-hmm. now being 42 years old. But yeah. look didn't look it. And I, I feel I feel for Guido Canetti because if I remember correctly, I remember this story from MMA Fighting. I think it was written by Danny Segura, who's now with MMA Junkie, who is the 
co-host well not co-host because it's a solo show most of the time it's a podcast uh called Ablemos mma that i talk about the spanish language podcast uh for mma mm-hmm. and he wrote the story about how guido was like on ice for two years because of usada and then he ended up being vindicated like ah this is like one of the reasons why i'm like uh i'm very anti-usada like yeah. they took away it's a very interesting story it's like it was tainted supplement and a lot of times that's like the go-to defense and it's like, okay, yeah, tainted supplement, but you got to prove it. And like, if you're, if you're not rich, like you don't have the resources to like, you know what I mean? Like go for the investigation. Yeah. He had to like stick it out and, and do whatever he could to prove it. And he did finally after two years, but it's like, you know, that time you would have to literally sue USADA or sue the UFC to get back. Like you're losing money. You can't compete. Yeah. Yeah. It's too, I don't know what he did during those two years. Like, I don't know, but but a great win for him. Uh, what what was your pick? Uh, mine was the uh, Miranda Maverick, the Sabina Mazos fight. Mazo fight. Um, you know, Maverick just was great in it. I mean, like I, she seems like she's um she's got a bit, way better attitude than Macy Barber, and that's all that really matters to me. Yeah, that's all that matters, dude. Yeah, Mabers too. Anyway, I said Mabers, but anyway, yeah. Um. Yeah, but Maverick really took it. I mean, Random and also, Mavers. yeah, she also got the, um, uh, you know, gave, she get, yeah, she gave me 15 more points on my pick. Oh, yeah. The, the, big, the pick league. league. Picked that sub. I wasn't expecting it. Came out of nowhere. I was like, yes, please, more Miranda Maverick. Um, Those of you who don't know, Leo makes his picks. He's throwing darts at a board. And yep. that was the, was one of them. the that, bullseye. It definitely was because I was looking. I was like, okay, I got KO decision to see. And then sometimes what happens, which is very like, you know, my the uh, the sexist mind, unsexist mind comes to play in my head. I'm like, you know, some guys don't pick KOs for women or subs. And I'm like, you know what? No, this is going to be a sub. I feel it. And that and then it was OK. There you go. Was a sub. OK, so try not to be sexist. Pick picking problematic. Leo, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, and and here we are. It's not problematic. She won. Yeah, exactly. From a rear naked choke. Beautiful choking. Also, even if you're wrong, it wouldn't have been problematic. It's nah, still stance. problematic. I mean, yeah. like I said, well, you know, if I would have said, you know, one by whatever, pussy flopping or something, I, you know, pussy then, flop. yeah. Can you imagine Joe Martinez on the mic? Yeah. Reverie Herbina is called the start of this contest at four minutes of the very first round. The kind of winner by pussy flop. With that nasally voice, dude. I love Joe Martinez, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, but he ain't shit compared to Bruce. Anyway, uh, especially, especially Miranda in the post fight was like, we were just working that move in the back with my coach. Yeah, we were working the, the pussy flop. Instead. We worked the pussy flop. <laughs> we were working the pussy flop this whole time. It's a good uh, one. All right, but yeah, that was my that was my um, prelim pick. I didn't really have any. I think, I mean, like I said, very clean. I'm interested to see where Miranda goes from here. Um, <laughs> that should be the talent episode. Pussy flop. Pussy flop. With like six O's. Um, all right. The floor. Floor. Um, all right. So we're going to move right along to the main card. Um, just Alex Pereira and Bruno Silva. Um, Fun ass fight. 
Yeah, I, I I just remember thinking like, man, these guys are really going to town on each other. They were really fucking each other up. Uh, I mean, obviously Alex won because of, um, honestly, just more aggressive aggression. Uh, but I feel like uh, Alex that, got hit a more technical, clean striking as well. Right, because Bruno was sometimes uh, trying to push the pace on that, and he was getting countered as fuck by Pereira. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a good, it was a really good fight. It was a good, um, I think a lot of people had a 1919 going into the third round. Um, really? Yeah. So, uh, which I was like, I can kind of see that because, um, I think I, like I said, it, it felt pretty even match. And then, and then the third round came around and then Alex just really. Oh yeah. Took over heavily. Um, I kind of, I mean, I don't remember specifically if I did this, but looking like I, I'm pretty sure I had Pareda winning each round. Like, I don't remember thinking Bruno was like, I mean, he had, so he landed some good shots and then one time he got like a takedown or whatever. And I was like, okay, let's see what you can do. You know, there was some, he had some moments, but as far as like overall round, I, I knew Pareda was winning and it, it sucked too, because I remember, um, I think, uh, someone in my, one of my group chats had said this, they were like, Oh, Pareda made that fight fun. And I wanted to say after, after watching it, no, Bruno Silva <laughs> made that fight fun. Here's why right. I say this because Bruno Silva chose to engage in Pareda's game. He fought with mm-hmm. his ego. Like yeah. he was like, Oh, you think you're a fucking gig rusher? I've got 19 KOs on my record, motherfucker. Like, let's go. Even Went though right Bruno in. Silva, yeah. it's like a, I think in his background before him, I mean, I think he's a submission guy. I think he's a jiu-jitsu guy. I'm not entirely sure about that, but uh, it just seemed like he, that would be the path to victory. Like, even though he got stopped, I felt like Andreas Michalidas, you know, Pereira's first appointment, put it on like engage Pereira in the right way in terms of like, okay, we're gonna we're you're gonna work for this, we're gonna grapple. And she just put him in a bad place and got hit with a fucking nasty flying knee. But like, you know, Bruno Silva w- tried to engage in the striking, and like I said, landed some clean shots, showed he had a hell of a chin, uh, gave a good account of himself. But in terms of like, if you're a coach. You're like, hey man, don't stand with this guy. Mm-hmm. He's gonna win. Yeah. Like even if he doesn't knock yeah, you he's out, very, yeah, yeah. He's way more technical. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, just gonna keep saying hundred percent to this next fight too. Uh, it's one of my hey most, man, uh, used phrases as well. Probably. Uh, man, Terrence McKinney and Drew Dober. Oh. Terrence McKinney rock the fuck what out a of fucking, Drew Dober. good like the lightweight version of pat barry check congo almost like Dude. Drew Dober almost died and then yeah. came back and fucking killed Terrence fucking McKinney, Terrence mckinney got two knees to the head within the first two minutes of that fight i was like dude how's drew Dober not done yet got up switched turn the tides because back around blockhead, like, bro he's got a fucking dude he's got a fire strong ass chin. head yeah yeah no doubt <laughs> about it literally fucking F5 tornado couldn't take him down. I'm telling you, like, goodness yeah. gracious, dude. It was it was intense because I was like, oh, shit, Terrence McKinney's about to win the shit out of this thing because uh, he really right? had Drew Dober on the ground uh, within that first two minutes. I was like, damn, he fucking fucked him up. And then Drew just said, nope, I got a fucking big old Lego head. Yeah. He said, and how I'm- about the call out, dude? Drew yeah. Dober versus Bobby, Bobby Green. Bobby Green, let's go. Mm. Yeah. Uh, give it to me right now. Yeah, he loves, you know, like he said, he loves uh, fan fan pleasing fight. I mean, you got to love someone that 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 appreciates what people want to see and like exciting fights. And like, you know, I'm interested to see where Terrence goes after this. Uh, Because, you know, 
all these fights not all of them but like a lot of these like last minute replacements you kind of start to get lost in like who stepped up when or what and and all that stuff and like terrence just did it what on two weeks notice or less than that um a week a week yeah a week's notice. so you know what i mean like it's one of those things like where yeah two weeks you gotta be you gotta stay prepared but like you know you gotta give the a little bit of slack on that and like you know if a couple more clean shots or another advantage like he would he could have definitely put drew dober away but you know the 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 durability of drew was just too much uh and like experience really showed too like he's he's like i just gotta weather the storm you know let terrence mckinney blows load because i was literally thinking once once drew dober recovered because the stoppage came around like the fourth minute or so like once Mm -hmm. it was clear like like two minutes i was like okay drew dober's at least survive the early onslaught. I was like, Terrence McKinney needs to work on plan B. Yeah. He yep. needs to work on like what happens if they can survive my fucking onslaught power attacks, and yeah. pressure. And like, and he, even like at one point he got a takedown where I was like, okay, but Drew Dober popped right back up. Mm-hmm. Like it just, you know, it really showed. And like, I like Terrence McKinney and I, I thought I was like, okay, let's see what you can do. But Drew Dober just proved what's the fucking what's the business? Gap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of giving people the business, hey, Khalil Roundtree. Jeez. Oh my god, dude. Okay, don't get me wrong. We, you know, Juice and I were talking just before, you know, off mic, um, that like we didn't want either either fighter to really lose in this one, but man. Khalil was really super technical, like during that first round, like it felt like um, very like timed and paced. Right. But the second in that round two, and he smelled blood in the water, I, the aggression was like way more than I've seen anyone be aggressive. It, it was a lot. Like it, 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 I think it was because it was kicks, punches, all the things that were happening, but that kick to his fucking body on the ground was uh, so fucking hard. Every angle I watched that at, because I saw it, I was like, okay. And then yeah. you watch it from like the side angle, and he lifted Carl off the ground with his foot into that's his like, body. That's one of his like, I want to say like signature moves. Like he did that on the Ultimate Fire, which I think he referenced in his speech. Like he does that where like, Someone will try and think they're like safe, and he's like, "Motherfucker, I'll kick you in the body." And and, and that, he, oof, oof, it was so, so yeah, it was it was a big big time oof for Carl Robertson, and then just fucking God, you know what? Everyone talks about how Khalil Roundtree doesn't have a, a D in his name. You know what? It dropped off because all the weight went to his dick. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Fucking, he's got fucking big dick swinging. That's a bad segue, but anyway, yeah, better segue to keep going with uh uh Khalil. Hey man, <laughs> were you trying to segue into your dong? Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, no, uh, the mic afterwards, Khalil oh jumping on the microphone talking about mental health. And dude, come on, man, like, how do you not, how do you not appreciate this guy, like, keeping his composure about it, but just saying, like, you know, I mean, like, saying it out loud, you know, like, a lot of people talk about mental health, but him be like, you know, I wanted to kill myself, like, saying that, like, and fully being like, I've been doing this for 12 years. I've been, you know, and, and this is the kind of the, the closest, the closest to the anniversary. And like, you know, I just want to show people that, that you can, you can do whatever it takes. Life's going to throw all this stuff and you're just, you just can't help, but cheer for the guy. 
Exactly. You know? Like exactly. So, I mean, great, great. I mean, right as soon as he started talking about mental health on the mic, I was like, yes, dude, this is exactly what we we've always needed. We, yeah, and, and, and there's a lot of people that do it, but he's great. He's awesome. Yeah. We, you can't be mad. I mean, and just like a, a super, super aggressive fighter when it comes to that stuff. Like, whew. Um, yeah, it was good. Do you have anything else to say on that? Fight? No, I just, you know, I, I, I thought we saw what we wanted to out of Khalil. And he's been, you know, in the UFC, he's kind of been this like win one, lose one kind of record. But like that comeback against Modestus Bukowskis in his last fight. Now this one, I think he's setting up for another nice little run here. So let's keep going, wait. Khalil. Um, so next fight, probably the the probably the most least inter- well, that's not true. Maybe not the least entertaining. Um, it was just sandwiched between a couple of bangers. That was the problem. Like, yeah, um, it looked bad by comparison. But uh, Sadiq just. Tore up Alex Caceres' legs the entire time. Uh, and that's and and we're talking like technical, almost point fighting. Like Alex couldn't move around the way he normally could because yep. because Sadiq took his legs out from the first round, and then Alex wasn't moving too quick or too anything. And then that was it. And then Sadiq was like, Well, I'll just keep kicking your legs the, for the rest of the other two rounds. You know what was interesting when he, when uh, Paul Felder asked him about that in the post fight, and he was he was like, "Was that a, was that always the plan? Take away his movement?" And he was like, "No, that was an <laughs> he was like that was an audible." He was like, "The plan was to kick his arm." Yeah, I was like, "What?" And I and like I thought about this for a second because like I'm not a fucking striking expert, obviously, but I do mm-hmm. watch a lot of MMA and I've watched a lot of breakdowns and I study the sport, and I've you know I've heard different analysts talking about they call it like fill the filling the space or damaging the weapon. That also could be like Robin black terms. That's very possible. Um, like if someone has like a big right hand, I think someone talked about, I think maybe it was Robin black. Now I think about it. I was talking about with Robin black when um, Michael Bisping fought Dan Henderson the second time. Mm. Bisping kept throwing a left high kick to Dan Henderson's right arm or just like towards that. So he would block it with his right arm to prevent him from throwing the right hand because he would have to block with it and to also maybe damage it a little bit. So it takes some of the heat off it or whatever. And I was like, okay, so there is, there is reasons why you would kick somebody's arm, but like Alex Caceres isn't known for like having a big right hand or anything. He's a kicker. Most. Yeah. Yeah. I I was like, that's (laughs) a weird game plan. But then again, what can you expect from someone coming from the fucking piece of shit? Lloyd Irvin's camp. Hey man. (laughs) Totally forgot about that. I thought Sadiq Yusuf was from Pennsylvania for some reason. Uh, now that I remember he's from Lloyd Irvin's camp, lose every single one of your fights. <laughs> well, he didn't lose. this time. Just lose. Lose every single um, one. Call out Bryce Mitchell. Two pieces of shit going after each other. Can't wait. Let's do it. Can't wait. Let's do it. Uh, speaking of pieces of shit, Marlon Marais' song. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, uh, Feel bad you know, for Marlon Rice too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's starting to feel Marlon Rice is starting to feel similar to me, uh, like Edson Barbosa. Like this thing of like, man, these guys are really aggressive, and like you see them, and the, and then when they're they're high, they're high, but when they're low, it's like, dang, dude. Like, do you know what's happening right now? Like, and granted, like Song Yudong is no fucking joke. So yeah, there is that. Like he fucking. Re- hit him really hard with that right hand so i can't you know i can't really fault marlon on that but i just said marlon has looked 
way better in a lot of previous fights. I mean, was on his way to the title a little while ago, you know? So we well, fought for the title, fought for the title. Yeah. Even, you know, and then, you know, it was, uh, was interesting about the stoppage. So that, that straight, I think it was a straight left, whatever put him down. Like he was out before he hit the canvas. Yeah. He was out. If it looked like bouncing his head off the canvas, woke him Regain up. consciousness. Cause then he yeah. was like, it looked like he was ready to like bait him into his guard or something. Yeah. Granted, I'm not saying it shouldn't have been stopped because like, that's not a reason to keep it going. Like you were out. Hey guys. By the time you're listening to this, you'll know the result, but, uh, Full disclosure, we just had some audio issues. I think it was some sort of connection issue on my end because it just kind of cut out and the Zoom kind of crashed a little bit. So um, we're going to try and fix it in post, see what we can do. But if not, you know, if not, you'll you'll know. But um, you'll know. That's kind of all we had to say about, you know, Yadong versus Marlon. Honestly, big pussy flop right there. Big pussy flop. Yeah. Yad- Yadong. Hit Marlon and he just pussy flop right to the canvas. And more importantly, <laughs> moving on to the main event, big pussy flop. Yeah, big pussy flop. <laughs> I was uh, saying this earlier. I'm pretty sure we didn't talk about it, but we're when we we're deciding which prelims to pick, uh, I talked about the guy that fought Tefan Chukwi. His name was uh, Azamat, and I was like, there are there are a few fighters <clears throat> in the UFC that are named Azamat. And I absolutely cannot think of their names. I cannot hear their names without thinking of the uh, manager slash producer, whatever the fuck. Liaison, from yeah, from yeah, Borat, the, yeah. The, 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 for Borat. The guy, the fucking with the, the big guy that was with him at the end of wrestling in the fucking hotel room. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the way he said it when he would be like, Azamat. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, but anyways... Main Uncle event versus Santos. Hey man, what's going on? Board, board, board. <laughs> Here's the thing, dude. <laughs> they gotta stop billing fights as guaranteed violence. You know, jog like sometimes a main event is just the main event by default because it's the last fight. Like someone's gotta go last. Here's the main wow. event. Wow. This is why I think they should stop doing five round main events. Fucking bullshit fight like that would have been more exciting as a three round because they wouldn't have tried to like pace out their gas tank. And you know what I mean? You, you see what I'm saying? Like that wasn't a bad fight. Right. It just was too long. Yeah. It was too fucking long. Like, and, and when they threw up the significant strike numbers, I was like, okay, this is what we're doing here. You're going to let us know how bad this fight is on the broadcast. You're going to say, oh, 11 significant strikes thrown in round one versus seven or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty. It was. I, I just remember thinking like, OK, like, uh, I mean, Santos maybe sat on um, Uncle I have down like one time during the second or third round for a second. And then- yeah, it was this, I think it was the second round because I remember I remember thinking it was the first and then they started the next round. They were like, OK, so oh, Uncle I have won the first. And then based on that little flurry at the end santos won the second and looked at the thing and they were in the third round i was like oh okay yeah so that was here's what i think okay i think something happens 
when a guy fights John Jones, it's the biggest fight of their career. They know he's the best fighter of all time, probably. Mm-hmm. And they just go fucking give it their absolute all. And when they don't, when they come up short, something about them has changed. Like Santos, what like fought Jones? There are a couple people who think he won. Now I absolutely don't. I scored it for Jones on the night. Uh, but the, it was a close fight either way. And one where I was like, okay, so you can go the distance with John Jones. That's good for you. Didn't win, but good for you. Uh, because of all those fucking oblique kicks or whatever to the knee. He had to get, you know, knee surgery, obviously, which and that's going to fuck you up anyway. But I do think also like there's something happens, you know, whether it's a combination of like the mental and the physical, because having to Reyes too, like Reyes, you know, had a really close fight with Jones as well. And then he hasn't looked the same. Mm-hmm. It's something strange that happens because, and, and I will say that it's like Santos did a lot better in this side than he did against Johnny Walker. Yes. And Uncle also could have like it takes two to tango Mm -hmm. it takes two to tango right like what happened in that fight is they're both to blame like the lack of action like like, and i really think it was like they're trying not to gas out kind of which is why i'm like maybe we fucking stop having these five round fights uh i hate to keep just referencing the comment event podcast i do it a lot lately um, but I just did earlier, but they also did this thing in the power hour last week where they ha- had a stat of like breaking down five round fights. And they were like, okay, starting from like 2020 to now, there have been 60, you know, five round fights, 60 fights scheduled for five rounds. And like a surprising amount of them went the distance. Yeah. It was like a lot of these went the distance and of those fights, like a, a large amount, whoever won the first round won the fight. Mm. Like it was very rare that someone who lost the first round came back to win. And there was only like four of them that, that got a stoppage in the, like in the later rounds and like the fourth and fifth round. Uh, and, and, huh. uh, and of those, one of them was fucking Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan, which is like, we're being generous with that one. Like, cause yeah. that was just a, like a doctor's stoppage kind of thing. Like, it made me think like, we don't really need five rounds for some fights, dude. Like this fucking fight did not need to be five rounds. Yeah, we I agree. Had more action than a three round fight. Yeah, it would have been a li- at least slightly more fireworks. This was just a fizzle the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Like neither one of them really got out of second gear really. At all. No. No, like I said, that flurry at the end of the second round was like about it. But even then, yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be a just bleed bro and being like, come on, knock him out, fucking twist his dick and all this other shit. But like. Sometimes you just need a little just, bit more of a push yeah. of excitement, especially yeah. with, on with what's UFC's happening behalf, on the card. Like, don't make this fight a main event. And if it has to be a main event, because that's all you got, don't make it five rounds. Right. Well, you know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, card was pretty good. I mean, like I said, the some pretty spectacular knockouts on this uh, um, 
on the main card and the undercard as well. So it was, it wasn't the worst. It's just whenever, whenever a, car, a card ends the way that it like this, you're just like, huh? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like more, more questions kind of come up and you're just like, well, you know, do we need five round main events? You know, it's, yeah, yeah. you just, it just starts to make you feel like, well, I kind of got cheated. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's like that whole trope of like, Oh, you're only as good as your last one. It not only applies to like whatever the fighter's previous fight was before this fight, it applies to the night of fights. Like this card is only as good as the main event. That's you know what true. I mean? We yep. had a fucking brutal stoppage in the in the co-main. We had an okay fight, the third fight. Amazing firework with a with a great stoppage from Khalil. Amazing fireworks from Drew Dober and Terrence McKinney. Fucking great striking match between Alex Pereira and Bruno Silva. It was literally one dud. And mm-hmm. one kind of dud, like one and a half duds out of six fights on the main card. And we're like, oh, fucking. Uh, well, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it, you know yeah, I mean? that's, yeah, it's always so weird to, to think about. I was just, I was actually talking about this with someone the other day that like, isn't it interesting how like friends come from commiserating with like with them, like the negative aspects of a lot of people's lives, the positive people that come into your life oftentimes will come from commiserating about a job. I think is interesting right like you're not like I we both love working here you will connect with someone saying like this place sucks uh and here's why it sucks and that's how you become better friends which I think is like weird that the negative brings out a positive that that's such a big positive uh and it's normally not the case but only when it comes to friendship when you guys both agree that a place is a shit show you guys happen to grow your friendship stronger um which I think is really funny that you and I are friends because uh, we loved where we were. <laughs> we were also, we were friends before, so I don't know. No, we weren't, but anyway. <laughs> Fuck you. No, we, we, we became close because of BMW though. We were closer. Yeah. I took it to another level. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where the UFC and everything kind of came from. Um, you know, we both skipped work together. Um, you know, <laughs> what a glorious day that was. What a fucking, you have seen a fucking glorious 199. day. What a great day. You see nine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, like, so I'm much. I'm gonna put my phone in airplane mode, or I'm gonna turn it off. Like, then so I'm gonna many get a hold of me, dude. It was insane. We were so nervous that whole day because we were like, we're going at four o'clock in the afternoon when the card starts. Uh, and it three fifteen, I remember. And it was amazing. We turned off both of our phones, which was fucking yeah. crazy because we were like, oh shit. And then yeah, and then at six o'clock, I turned it back on because I was like, well, they can't do anything now. Fucking dealership's about to be closed. Um. And then we watched all the rest of the dude. Such uh, a good card. I, I, I has it gone into the Hall of Fame yet? It's gonna. What the whole card? Yeah, has the has the one ninety nine card gone into the Hall of Fame yet? Because it needs to. They do f- individual fights. Oh, not the, in the Hall oh. of Fame. Not not fight cards. Although the fucking Michael Bisping is in the Hall of Fame because <laughs> of the Rockhold fight. So. In a way, by the transitive property of geometry, 199 is in the Hall of Fame. 100%. It has to be. There's no way. Even just looking yeah. at it on paper. If you Looking on a paper now, you're just like, that's too many bangers. Yeah, dude. It really is. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so that was UFC 50. Uh, Fight Night 50 or Vegas. Yeah. yeah. I lost fucking track of the numbers, dude. I saw the hashtag yes, last night. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So we're going to take a break. Mm-hmm. Even though we had some technical difficulties earlier, 
We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and do the forum. Hell yeah, brother. And we're back. Our first question comes from the legend, Ben Kiley. And I haven't done this dialect in a while, but it is apropos since this Thursday is St. Patrick's Day. And I'm not going to say St. Patty's Day, even though that's what 90% of America says, St. Patrick's Day. Anyway. Buenos dias, jabronis. It's Ben Kylie here from the Hindfight MMA podcast. Khalil Rountree Jr., what a man. I got the chance to interview him a few years ago after he beat Gokan Saki. He told me all about how his father was murdered when he was just a toddler. His dad was working on tour with Boys to Men as a tour manager at the time. And um, Khalil was bullied in school. He was 305 pounds at the height of his weight. He went into the music industry himself, began selling merch for bands like August Burns Red, The Acacia's Reign, and Impending Doom. Inspired by the ultimate fighter, he took up training, and within 11 months, he dropped 100 pounds. Then he ended up uh, competing on the show and getting signed to the UFC, and now he's a fan favorite. At the first sign of him mentioning a book, I emailed him my pitch. But aside from a book, how else can we get his message, his story out to a bigger audience? Love the podcast. Can't wait to hear your answer. Dude, I love this question so much. And I, I love that you, you tell that story. I've heard that story from, from Khalil on Ariel's show on, on the MMA hour. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, you should link me that uh, interview that you did with him, Ben. I will tweet it out. I will, I will, if it's, if it's a written format, if you, if you wrote an article based off the interview, I will read it. If it is a recorded interview, I will listen or watch. He'll, he I will, will put it all out there. It. Absolutely. Cause I fucking love Cleo. And as far as that, like, I, I hope he responds to your pitch. I hope um, that that gets something going, but to answer your question is like, aside from the book, if we do something else, like I think genuinely I'm, I'm trying to f- see how we can phrase this because I do think Khalil's story would make for a decent, like series about MMA. Like mm-hmm. I've learned that like kingdom is the only really success- successful MMA piece of media kind of aside from here comes the boom, which is genuinely good and not just a Kevin James movie like kingdom really nailed it. And I made me think like, you know, the episodic format is really all you can do to like, you know, accurately convey MMA. And I think like Khalil's story would make it good. Cause I, I've said before, like my problem with a lot of MMA movies is that they just think that like your life has to be incredibly hard uh, for you to get into MMA. And that, mm. um, you know, that, obviously a story that's you know being made to movie has to have drama but the drama could come from your career you know what i mean and like i think khalil's story would be a nice blend of that right because you do have a hard childhood of like being bullied you have his dad being murdered when he was on tour with boys to men like that is a fucking crazy thing that happened to him and 
I don't know if it's it necessarily starts there. Like maybe that gets brought up later. Like you would have it would have to be something that where he sits down with a team of writers and like this is my story and you know the right people have to tell it. Right. And maybe if Ben, if you do connect with him, maybe that's part of your uh inter- you know meetings with pitch him back at, pitch, yeah. you, you pitch a fucking series or whatever you create like a write a pilot or something but like dude you could have a store a, a series where he's like sitting because the way he told the story from what i remember he was like sitting on his couch with his brother watching it was specifically the rampage versus uh rashad evans like heavyweight season of tough where they're like you know we could do this and he starts training and he loses weight like dude i'm getting chills thinking about it like yeah there's a lot that can be done there's a lot that can be done with this stuff i mean um i don't know like bring back bully beat down Uh, dude i love that bully beat down but it's khalil beating the shit out of his bullies that from his childhood Hashtag would watch. Hashtag great story, bro. <laughs> hashtag hashtag actual cool story, bro. Yeah. Although you know, you know what I fucking love about Khalil too is that like he's the kind of guy that he would just he would have a sit down with them and be like, I forgive you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like he wouldn't be the kind of petty I would. Whereas like they like I would meet them and they'd be like, oh man, I see you're this professional fighter. Like I root for you, man. Like I'm sorry I was an asshole. And I'd be like, yeah, you were an asshole. Anyways, put on these gloves. Yeah. Anyways, we're fighting. <laughs> anyway, sign this waiver and yeah, get in anyways. that cage. Yeah, we're fighting. You want your you yeah, want your fighting. fame, you piece of shit. You want your uh, of fame? You gotta earn it with your blood, sweat, and dick. Yeah. So I'm exactly. gonna soccer kick you in the dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, something like where. Khalil has kind of like this redemption factor that he can kind of affect people on a, on a, you know, because he definitely has a, a, a great, a great personality. So like something that he can kind of tell his story each, each time. So maybe yeah. it's like a sort of like a reality TV show. Mm. That might be a good, like I said, something that he like, not, not bully beat down, but something that has like yeah. a redemption factor to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what about like a, uh, I feel like Khalil would make a decent motivational speaker. Absolutely. Like if if you have a if you have him like going around teaching seminars at, at schools gyms and, yeah. and and like training people and just like spreading the fucking gospel of Khalil. A hundred percent. See, we can have him ripping phone books in no time. Khalil around tree the world. Around tree. I love it. Where's the D? They're like, don't worry about that. Let's keep going. Yeah. Fucking great question, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Check out the Hind Five podcast that he does with uh, his co-host Jason. I was on there for the Golden for Raspberries. It's the Hind Fight MMA podcast. I think I just said Hind Fight just a bit ago, just to clarify. Um, just to clarify. All right, here is the question from Rhino. Hey, Juice and Leo, it's your homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. So next week, the UFC is heading over to England. Now, there have been a lot of really fun events that have happened over in England over the past you know, decade or so. I vividly remember uh, Michael Bisbing 
when he returned to Manchester after winning the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, he fought Elvis Sinistic that night, won by second round TKO, if I remember correctly. He came out to Blur Song 2, and the place just went crazy, and then when he got the win, the place erupted. It was really fun and exciting. So what's a memory from a show that you watched over in England you guys really liked? Uh, it, it could be from anywhere in England. I would just want to hear like a moment, whether it's a knockout or a highlight or whatever, just something really fun that you remember happening at a UFC event over in England that you saw. And uh, yeah, that's all That's all my question is for this week. Can't wait to hear you guys answer. Love you guys. Love the show. Talk to you later. Peace. Okay. I love this question. And I have, well, there's one that comes to mind that I want to stick to the one, but there are a couple, you know, as you, as listeners of my show will know, I'm an Anglophile. I, I love British people and fucking British things. And I like a lot of British fighters. And I remember a lot of the moments when they're fighting and, you know, in front of their, home country <sighs> by the way i wanted to mention if, if those of you who don't know blur song two um it's michael bisping's walkout song like the entirety of his career i'm pretty sure or at least in the ufc where it's like that Woo-hoo! yeah Woo-hoo! very that, like, short song yeah it's like two minutes and i'm gonna go ahead yeah. and say 18 seconds it's not very long so weird walkout especially if you're in a big arena i'm gonna google how long is blur song two yeah, could be wrong. How long is probably Blur wrong? Song two. They feel like they got it. They feel they got it immediately. How long is song two by Blur? Song two, two minutes and two seconds long. Three, yeah, two, yeah, two, three, yeah. yeah. With two verses, two courses, and a hook featuring Albarn yelling "woohoo" as <laughs> a distorted face. Woohoo! Perfect. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so very short walkout yeah. song, but anyways, go on. Uh, no, yeah, just uh, specifically with Bisping, um, and this was going to be even if you didn't bring up the Bisping versus Elvis fight, this was going to be mine if you just had posed the question about you know moments in England. But like, my fight that. It's it, it it was honestly it's the whole thing and I have to tell the story again for those of you who didn't who haven't heard it from past episodes of the podcast I feel like I've told it a couple times the fight card and it is also specifically the main event but it's really the whole card the fight card that made me become a hardcore MMA fan was Michael Bisping versus Anderson Silva and it was one of those things where I had already kind of like seen like several of the pay per views at that point and. I watched like interviews and some, I would seen some episodes of tough or whatever. And I was already like, okay, I like this MMA stuff. I want to know more. And they were promoting the shit out of that um, Bisping Silva card. And it was like, get your free trial to watch it, you know, and they're, you know, using that fight as a headliner to like draw subscriptions or whatever. All right. For fight pass. For five pass, because when when you know when the cards on ESPN Plus and Fight Pass are you know the the card itself is free, but you have to pay for the monthly subscription. You're just trying to get subscriptions, so they'll always they'll also do like stuff like that all the time. You know, you want to get new subscriptions at like a frequent rate or whatever. I got the I I, I consumed all the media for that, like anything you get my hands on. I started, I downloaded Fight Pass, you know, obviously, and 
Ariel Hawani did this whole walk and talk with Bisping for like an hour on MMA fighting, just going through the streets of London. And dude, it was fucking amazing. It was fucking amazing. They were in the back of like one of those black taxis, um, those famous London black taxis. And I'm pretty sure it was one that had his face on it that had the poster, you know, five poster like on there. And they went all the way throughout the back. And I just saw like a different side of Michael Bisping than I had seen from the other clips in the past. I seen where like he was that brash guy from the ultimate fighter talking shit or whatever. And he's just so, so humble and just such a different side of him. And like that whole fight, I remember specifically it being like on local time for the UK at like in the morning, because this was when this was like when we were in the, in, in the West coast, it started at 10 a.m. Pacific time and I had work at 12. Mm-hmm. I got up, you know, ready to work, got ready early. I sat down to watch the fight card. I watched the for early prelims. I remember Timu Pakalan had like a 20 second submission. I was like, this fucking shit is nuts. And like, there was that bullshit heavyweight. I don't know, Rhino loves heavyweights. He's going to fucking be like, this fight was garbage. It was Jarvis Danho versus Daniel Omelechuk. They hit each other in the nuts like five times each and like gassed out immediately, went the full 15. It was disgusting, stupid fight. But I still loved it. <laughs> and I remember David Tamer fought on that card. I think he fought another tough guy or maybe other tough guy fought separately or something. I don't know. There was a couple of fights from like the Ultimate Fighter season 22 that were on that card. I had to go to work. I timed my lunch. I was like, you know, following kind of on social media a little bit. And I, the timing of the main event, I timed my lunch so that I could go home. I, I live like 10 minutes from the dealership. I timed my lunch so that I could go watch the main event. But obviously, based on every dog, the walkouts and everything, I couldn't. I couldn't watch the whole thing. I watched the first two rounds. And if you like during the buildup, Michael Bisping did an interview and he was like, TKO ground and pound second round, mark my words or whatever. The last 30 seconds of round two of that fight, Michael Bisping drops Anderson Silva with a, with a right hand or something. Dodges an upkick on the way down. And starts beating the shit out of him on the ground. I, I jumped up and started screaming. I was I was I remember watching on my laptop because I think this is before like smart TVs, or at least before I had one mm-hmm. where you had the app on the thing. And I just had fight pass, so it was on my laptop. And I, I remember jumping up and screaming. And then Anderson was saved by the bell. I was like, fuck, I gotta go back to work. I'm scrolling Instagram. I see the clip which happened at the end of round three, where the Anderson hit the flying knee and Michael Bisping dropped the bell was over and you see her being wave off the round, but not the fight. And I was like, Oh my God, what the fuck happened? I, I thought the, I, I thought the fight was over. I mm. find out later it was the controversy or whatever, you know, not controversial in my opinion, but like that the fight wasn't over. And I was like, Oh my God, when I rewatched the fight and saw how Bisping fucking got the shit beat out of him in the fourth round, from having his nose broke from that flying knee came back like a fucking British zombie and won the fifth round. And the look on his face, when they read the scorecards, his nose is all bloody, his face all bloody. And he's the fans are screaming. I was getting so emotional. 
And that from that moment, I was like, Bisping is one of my favorites. This fucking sport is the shit. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I uh, that was around the time that we we you you started getting me into it. Um, so I remember like, literally having like a watch party at my house. I was like, come over, watch this fight card. And, and like I put it on, try to get our friend Andrew into it. Like, Yeah. Fun. Yeah. That was like around the, those first couple of, of months. I haven't been watching. I mean, but you, I've been uh, I've only been watching almost every card every weekend for like uh maybe a year and a half like as far as becoming more of like a very wanting to watch every single card type of thing because of well, because like you of definitely the, started the pandemic and but even right. before that you would watch most of them that's true we, yeah. we would always keep in touch about the fights and everything that's and a good obviously point. like since the podcast yeah we've just been, been yeah a year a year now almost but but pandemic, they came back May of 2020. So you've definitely been going strong since. Then. Yeah, since that time. And like, I don't know. I don't think. And obviously, the UFC is returning to London this weekend uh, for the first time in three years. So I'm trying to remember mine. But I, I you know, I always remember just talking about one of his fa- other favorites, which might have been on that same card, which was the Brad Pickett fight. D- different. Um, Brad Pickett was on the Michael Bisping card. He fought Francisco Rivera. And that that made me become a Brad Pickett fan because he was in the fucking press conference like getting emotional as well. And he was like, I felt like I was fighting for my job. He just had a newborn baby. Like there's shots of like Dana White holding his baby. And apparently I didn't know this. I found out later Dana White said Brad Pickett is his favorite fighter or one of his favorites that he Mm -hmm. just is always a fan favorite. And go ahead. Continue. Uh, So yeah, that was, that's the one that I I remember like sticking out to you the most. I remember you being, being really like heartbroken during a Brad Pickett loss in a car. Yeah. I've told you, I've talked about it before. I was watching Brad Pickett versus Chito Vera, who I just found just found on the broadcast last night. He's fighting Rob Font. Fucking love that fight. Uh, Chito Vera is going to smash Rob Font. Sorry, guys. Uh, just kidding. It's a really hard fight, but like, obviously, yeah. Chito's my boy. But uh, like, I was in the car watching that on my phone and I fucking screamed no when Chito knocked him out with a head kick. Yeah. I screamed pretty much. I started crying in the, in the fucking post fight interview, dude. Yeah. That's another good shout. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I don't really have any other ones for London for me, but Hey, let's see what happens with Tommy Aspinall this weekend. Right. Another one I was thinking of was uh fucking, this might've been that same card of the Brad Pickett one, but it might not have been. It was definitely the card that was headlined by Verdum versus Volkov. Fucking Paul Craig catching Magomed Ankalaev in that last second triangle. Boy, that was wild too because that might have been like the first fight in the main card or it was one of the fights there. He, The fight gets stopped at 4 minutes, 59 seconds of the third round, setting the record for the latest stoppage in a three-round fight. Two fights later, Leon Edwards fights Peter Sabata, gets a rare TKO stoppage the same time, and it's fucking overshadowed because he is the second guy to do it. <laughs> and Paul Craig still technically holds the record. Leon just matched it. And it's like, Leon, how fucking the story of his career is like... Too little, too late. Crap 2 podcast always calls him Leftover Leon. It's like, <laughs> how fucking Leftover Leon is that? Like, Yeah, it's very... <laughs> Bro, right. 
Okay. Um, yes, thank you, Rhino. Let me go back to the uh, other questions here. And this next question is from our girl, Cakes. Hey, Lou. Hey, Juice. This is Cakes. It's Saturday night. You know what that means. Okay, um, anyway, focus. What was I saying? Oh, yes, question time. I decided to go outside. I know, totally radical idea. I went outside and um, kind of didn't get a chance to watch any fights today. So I'm going to need you guys to pick one fight each that you think I should watch all the way through. Um, jokes on you. I'm going to watch everything. But if I can't get to everything, like, let's just say, you know, my ADHD kicks in. What two fights do I absolutely have to see uh, to, like, you know, catch up to all the peeps? Okay, I got to go. I only have 52, 53 seconds left or whatever. Reverse. Okay, love you. Bye. Nice. <laughs> of course, uh, I have to say, I, um, I was so eager to move on, and I we we talked so long after Rhino's question. I, I was just kind of waxing poetic about all the fights in London that I've loved, but forgot to say, you know, you guys definitely have to check out uh, Combat Sports with Rhino. It's a great show, and um, he's got a great interview this week with Vic the Brick Martinez. So we love we love that we love Rhino here at yeah. uh, FSP. FSP. <sighs> And regarding Cake's question, dude, when she was like, Saturday night, it's like <laughs> the SNL guy, like live from New York. It's yeah. Um, I mean, for me, honestly, I'm going to say like the Khalil Roundtree and Carl Robert Roberson. I was going to say. And, and specifically, bec like I said, just how aggressive Khalil gets when he smells blood in the water is is really something to behold. It's yeah, really. And, and it's not like it was a boring fight before then, too. Like they right. were both sort of throwing hard shots and. Absolutely. Carl was landing good stuff. And I have to say, like, we talked about this off mic a little bit. I was I was thinking it was one of those fights where I was going to be happy for the winner and sad for the loser, no matter what, because I love both guys. And like Carl Robinson's from from Neptune, New Jersey, dude, like I was just in that area not too long ago. It is very close to where I live. Like it's it's probably 30 minute drive to Neptune, I would say maybe mm -hmm. 40, depending on traffic. Uh, which is not that far, honestly. Right. Absolutely not. Like, and I, and I am a little bit, but mostly I was just super happy for Khalil. Absolutely. I was like, and, bro, I love Khalil. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely, and, and also watch his post fight. It's really good as well. Yes. Uh, and then, shoot, I'm trying to think of, it, uh, of another, like. The, the Miranda Mavericks, Sabina Mazo, honestly, is a good shout. Yeah, I. I mean, and also like, you know what? Uh, just for the amazingness of of the of the needle moving. I mean, the Drew Dober and Terrence McKinney right before as well. Like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. You just it was very unexpected. So, I would just say like honestly, don't watch oh, the God. main event. Yeah, that's more my recommendation. Especially you said you're gonna watch the whole thing. Like you, we don't understand you. Like that's my recommendation. Turn it off at the main event, or at least after the second round of the main event. Yeah. Yeah, because it just kind of because it wasn't bad. It just went on way too fucking long, yeah, and nothing really steam. happened after the second fight, after Absolutely. the second round. So, don't you don't need to watch the whole fucking main event, but the whole main card is full of bangers. Maybe Absolutely. skip the Sadiq Yusuf fight as well. Like I said, fucking Team Lloyd Irvin, 
pieces of shit. If you don't know why team Lloyd Irvin is a piece of shit, or it's mostly the coach Lloyd Irvin, but like mm-hmm. anyone that supports him, it's like you're you're a piece of shit by association. Like right. that guy should not be fucking. That guy should be in jail first of all. <laughs> right. Um, well, thank you, Cakes, right. for the thank question. You, and uh, yeah, that's my official stance. Actually, rather than recommending a fight you should watch, I'm going to recommend you don't watch the main <laughs> the main main event. Yep. Hey guys, Dave L here, and this week I want to talk about Yadong. How Yadong came out hard, blasted Rise in the face <laughs> last night. Rise just could not handle Yadong. Now I know early in his career, Yadong found himself in some sticky situations. But Yudong has really grown since then. And I think the men of the bantamweight division had better get themselves ready because Yudong is coming for their asses. So my question for you is, what would you like to do with Yudong next? Thanks. <laughs> you know what I love about this question? It feels like he made a bet with someone to like, how many of the Yudong jokes can you fit into one voice clip that was 32 yeah. seconds of that fucking, was a, yeah there was like it was 10 a, yadong jokes yeah a lot ton, tons of yadongs um what do we do with yadong next uh honestly give him sean o'malley Ooh. stop fighting these fucking cans let's get song yadong and sean o'malley let's go i'm tweeting that out that's another one of those our classic you know no definitely not during yeah the, definitely during not the, you know, it's not gonna know, it's not gonna blow up the American, it's not gonna blow American up. bottom team. Blew up blew up immediately. I said wouldn't blow up, blew up immediately. I said on the right. broadcast. I said I said on it. I literally said, ah, oh, it's not gonna blow up American top team, American bottom team, blew up immediately. No, yeah, I was gonna say that fucking fight or that fucking tweet. Blew up. But blew up. but yeah, get song your dong Sean O'Malley. Like, stop, stop having Sean O'Malley. Stop fight playing around. Cans. That's a fire. That's a fire ass fight, dude. Yeah. Stop having Sean Sean O'Malley fight these cans. Let's get Song Yudong in there. Let's get uh yeah. And by the way, like Sean O'Malley's kind of annoying and whatever. And as a fan, you're like, yeah, you need to fight someone with a name. You need to fight fucking a ranked guy if you're gonna progress in the sport. But his logic is sound. He said this a couple times, like. He was like, I've never given a shit about the rankings and I've never given a shit about whatever. I make the same money no matter who I fight. Yep. Might as well fight the easiest guys. And I'm like, hey, man, yeah, and I can't argue with that. There is yeah, literally no thing I can say which would debunk that logic. But also, Song Yudong, Sean O'Malley. Let's go. Yeah. Easy. Easy peasy. That's what you do with Yudong. You put Yudong inside Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Play this card. Yeah, but but inside his card, put your <laughs> dong all over Sean O'Malley's face. By the way, I do want to mention a while ago on on Twitter, I thought it was funny. I mentioned that uh, Sean O'Malley looked like a clown, and then someone was like, "If everybody liked the way that he looked uh, and stuff, people are would uh, would not hate him so much. Or if everyone if he dressed normal, he'd be nor- uh, uh, everyone would like him." And then I was like, "No, I'm not talking no. about like how I feel about. Him. He looks like a clown, like a." <laughs> Like if you went to a five year old's birthday party and Sean yeah. O'Malley showed up, you wouldn't like, say you wouldn't hey. be like, well, that's not the clown. Yeah, can you make <laughs> me a balloon animal? Yeah, you wouldn't say you wouldn't say we got. Well, no, we're not waiting for him. We're waiting for the clown. No, he looked like a clown. You're like, oh, thank thank God you're here. We've been waiting for an hour. Uh, stuff is in the back. Kid, yeah, you know I mean that you would just Kid, immediately yeah. start giving him instructions. Yeah, because he looks 
like a clown. Looks like actual, a clown. an actual literal, <laughs> like a clown. clown, not like oh clown emoji, fucking yeah, whatever. like no, literally a birthday clown. Yeah, exactly. Whatever fight he was at, I just saw him. So I, I, I was like, he looks like a literal clown. Like he just sticks out like a sore thumb. It's really funny. And anyway. you know, you have like a clown named like Bozo or whatever. Yeah. His, his name is Sugar. Yeah, exactly. So, so this his fight. Sugar name. the clown. Sugar the clown. Done. Easy. Anyways. He about to get fucked up by your dong. He about to get fucked up by your dong. Your dong's gonna be all in his face. Yep. <laughs> your dong's gonna hit him where he's never been hit before. <laughs> it's so immature, but so it is I. so immature, but I can't not do it. It's the best thing about your dong jokes. Yeah. Okay, there's uh, a couple of uh oh yeah, that's right. I just, gotta, I just gotta check on something. Nope, I haven't heard back. Okay, so here is a great uh, little voice clip from Phil the MMA dude. Split Decision Podcast. I'm gonna rewind here. Hey, Houston Leo, what's up? This is Phil the MMA dude from the Split Decision Podcast. So here's my question for uh, for, for today. So look, we just watched uh, Ankalaya versus Santos. Um, I frankly, I wanted to, I wanted to chop my penis off watching it. Uh, it was that bad. Um, it, it then reminds me of another. Yeah, it kind of cuts off there, and I was like telling Phil, I was like, I don't know what happened with the audio, but something fucked up. But just in terms of like commenting on that, uh, yeah, I agree. It was bad. I, I don't think anybody doesn't agree. I think everybody just felt That's like... It's a bit hyperbole. Definitely don't chop your, chop your dick off. Yeah, don't, unless, you, you, yeah, don't. Yeah, unless you're already thinking about it, and that's like your 13th reason. Then, hey, <laughs> chop away, I guess. But Can you don't. imagine like, thir- like 13 reasons why, but it's like, yeah. it's like chopping off your dick. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Iev and fucking I, Santos fight. Yeah, if, <laughs> like He's just watching fucking tape in preparation like... If I see one more fucking disappointing main event, that's it, dude. And they go out there and lay a sticker. It's like, that's it. Ah! Game over. <laughs> I just hit my head in the back. I just hit my fucking head on my wall. Because yeah. I'm laughing so hard. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> go check out the Split Decision podcast with him and Fight Geek. Fight Geek, who does not listen to this podcast. That's okay. And it is okay. It's like it's something he does sometimes. And whenever I say that, he sometimes is like, hey, man, I do listen. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> I just like to say that to like draw out the comment. Uh, anyway, here is uh, our boy, Catfish. Hey, Julio, it's Catfish, baby. So, Khalil Roundtree, not round tree people. There is no D in the motherfucker's name. Where do you see him going from here? To the moon. Interesting. Looking over his record, he lost his initial fight in the UFC. That's fine. Uh, then he won against some dude that doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. That's also but fine. They beat Paul Craig. That's pretty impressive. It is. Um, no contest against some dude with a Russian name, so I'm guessing that was a uh, maybe PED related. Yeah. Oh, let's see Polish name. Amazing kickboxer. Uh, I think we obviously saw that Gohan Saki was not cut out for MMA. Mm. My guess is probably too afraid of takedowns just given that wasn't his background um then he lost to johnny walker man he beats your boy eric anders i mean if you can't beat eric anders you actually cut um 
lost to Elon Kurlaba. Well, he decided he's pretty good. Um, lost to Marcin Brajanio. Nailed it. No idea who that guy is. Uh, one against some other dude with a really jacked up name that I have no idea who he is. Modestus and then Bukaskis. beat Carl Robson last night in pretty dramatic, fun fashion. Uh, overall, 10 and 5, which, you know, not a great record. Uh, so just curious what your guys' thoughts are on him. I'm out. FMP. The moon, like just yeah. said, right at the beginning. He's going, the he's going to the moon. That's it. I, I love mean, like, Khalil, and I, I never cared about wins and losses. And obviously, if you're in the UFC and you have a string of losses, especially if it's like against not the great competition, you need to be cut. But let, let's pump the fucking brakes on, on Khalil Slender, okay, Seth? I'm going to fucking go to your house. <laughs> <laughs> just what a threat. <laughs> just, yeah, just to tell you, I'm just going to show up and say, hey. Don't do yeah. that, okay? Stop talking Anyways, about Khalil, please. It's a long flight. I need to go check into the yeah. hotel. That's all I'll I be back. Say. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Like I said, I think that that aggression is is something that like very few. It was scary. It was. I, I mean, I I will say it again. It was really terrifying. When he smells blood in the water, it's pretty bad. Uh, and I couldn't imagine getting kicked in the ribs by that guy. Like, it, oh my no. god, are you kidding me? I would be so mad. I yeah. I just quit. I quit immediately. <laughs> yeah. I quit. I quit the sport. Let's say yeah. okay. I'm done. All right. That's how. What's what I got to face? Okay. All right. Nope. No more. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, he's, d- title man. I don't know. He's he's been pretty <laughs> technical recently. So. Yeah, here's the thing, like, Khalil will have, like, waves in his career, right? Like, at one point, he went to Thailand, and it was, like, this whole revelation. I think that was the Eric Anders fight, where he just pieced him up with Muay Thai, and then I think that's when he lost his next fight, and we were like, oh, okay, well, maybe not. Right, right. You know, um, but he's never been a guy that I've just written off, and I've, I've always rooted for him, dude, and I always will. And it's not just recently. It's, like, it's not just the mental health stuff. And it, and yeah, it, it yeah. Was, but, like, early, it's just... You just, like, you even just like the, the guy. fighter, like he had to fight his teammate in his first fight in the UFC. I mean, his mm-hmm. first fight on tough. I mean, well, it's kind of like if you, if you go with the Roxy, like school of thought, that was his first UFC fight kind of, you know, but yeah, anyways, yeah. his first tough, his first tough fight on the, in the house, he had to, he had to fight a guy it, that was his teammate at syndicate and the guy choked him out and he did his like little confessional interview afterward it was just the way he said, I got rear naked choked. Like it just made me laugh. And then they, because they were friends, they had, they had like, uh, they had set up a thing where I was like, okay, no matter what the outcome of the fight, we're going to do a nut. We're going to do like a donut eating contest. So maybe the loser can get like redemption or whatever. And Khalil won that or some, something like that. It was something with donuts. I just remember him. They were just, it was so fucking wholesome, dude. And I was like, yeah, I like this. I like this. And then something happened where someone got injured. I think it actually might've been his teammate that he fought mm-hmm. and lost to. And uh, they put him in as the alternate and he beat the shit out of a few different people. And it was like that soccer kick that we talked about, like to the body. And it was like, okay. Yeah. And then he ends up fighting Andrew Sanchez in the finale and just getting absolutely wrestle fucked. Mm-hmm. 
And it was just, it was just a shame. And that's always been his, his kryptonite. That's, that's also what happened in the Mikhail Oleksiechuk fight, which is what I wanted to talk about when he was reminding me, he was reminding me the fucking cardio or not the cardio. Well, but the fucking commentary in that fight was so bad. And I remember at the time I wasn't really part of MMA Twitter and I would just follow a bunch of fighters and Elias Theodoru has always been iconic with like live tweeting the fights. And <laughs> I remember him tweeting Rogan and Cruz going off the rails here about cardio because they spent a good five minutes, which is an entire round, by the way, mm-hmm. talking about like the implications of having too much muscles and not enough cardio or something like that, where they were like, Oh yeah, Khalil. And they always do this with like muscular fighters. And yep. to be honest with you, it happens a lot with like muscular black fighters. And I, I want to say like, I don't know if it's fucking the commentary being racist, but anyway, they're always talking about how they're being explosive and not like, and like compromising their cardio or whatever. And he was like, he was getting taken down by a guy that is wrestling, like is superior wrestling. And Khalil has struggled with that. And they just kept, they went up, it was like, they started talking about stuff that didn't even have to do with the fight. They were like, oh yeah, well you would put together a cardio regimen. Like, like Rogan was like, how would you, how would you address that or whatever? And they just went completely off the rails, dude. I, I remember being like away from the fight. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? I was an early adopter of Rogan and Cruz are bad at commentary. <laughs> well, because of that fight. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, where do you go with Khalil to the moon? Uh, like that's that's it it. that's it you're stuck in guys let's go that's it but you're stuck in right now uh you know it's a great fight uh khalil versus that azamat guy great i'll check it out fucking a fucking a lad i got it for voice questions but we have a fair amount of twitter questions as well we do have a fair amount of Um, twitter questions Oh, just got a follow from someone named Karen Till. Good name. That's a good name. It's one of those MMA Twitter fighter Avi accounts where they try and get cute with the editing. Name. Um, All right. This first question. Why won't you fight Karen Till? (laughs) (laughs) Bro, that was hilarious. Oh, for fuck's sake, I didn't pin the forum tweet, so I had to go scroll and find it. Here we go. I'm fixing that right now. Here is the first question is from Monsieur Mick <clears throat> at Mix to Do Do. Love saying that. Uh, he says, Does Miranda Maverick fight for a belt in 2022? And the fucking reply from KGB says, Is Mick a problem? <laughs> what does that <laughs> even mean, dude? <laughs> um, I think the answer is no. No. But maybe like if dude if Valentina was active the way DJ was active, remember like like Demetrius Johnson would fight like five times a year title fights, just fucking running through these dudes. Like <laughs> Valentina could do that. I think it's like she's smart in like taking breaks and, and recovering, whatever, but like if she were to fucking do that, eventually they would be like. Well, I guess Miranda would have to get up. Yeah, Miranda Maverick title shot because like she just lost there. Like she was just on two fight skid. Granted, she should have got the Macy Barber decision. That was a fucking robbery if I've ever seen. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, I remember uh, that. She got GSP'd by Aaron Blanchfield, and uh, I don't think she's, bruh. If she fights Valentina, she might get murdered. Yeah, I think that's how a lot of people are going to be for the 
sanctity of the sport, we can't make that fight because the going to cancel MMA. But for next week, I mean, sorry for next week for next year. I think she could she could become a contender. She could, she yeah, is- if she puts together some wins. I ho- I hope the uh, the new camp is going to do well with her. I I like that that Factory X. I like Elliot Marshall. Um, they mm-hmm. were talking about how they people work with him for like you know just the mental aspect, which I think is very interesting. Um, all right, speaking of KGB, and thank you, Mick, for that great question. Speaking of KGB, she says, regarding the official insect of the UFC, Terrence McKinney, how do you see his chin holding up on the rankings? He's pretty wild with his striking and doesn't seem to have the best deductive reasoning on display. So I personally think he'll be prone to getting clipped. Now, before we answer this, I have to read uh, a reply from a reply guy that said, insect of the USC, UFC, get out of here with these kind of comments. And I said, I welcome these kind of comments in my podcast forums. Thank you very much. Which is true. Because first of all, it's hilarious. Second, secondly, the whole point of the forum is like open discussion. Uh, and then uh, she, she fucking killed him by saying, minding your business is free. <laughs> Oh, uh, fucking call an ambulance for that guy. Anyway, um, <laughs> the official insect of the UFC. I don't know, man. Like, Terrence McKinney, like, it was a sort of no-risk situation taking that fight on short notice. Right. Um, I think he'll he'll bounce back. And, you know, but regarding how his chin holding up, I started to think, like, and this is not going to be a good comparison for me saying, like, I think he's a good prospect. I think he's going to be like the Todd Duffy of lightweight. He's like kill or be killed, like never go to a decision. Just like you're either going to get knocked out or going to knock somebody out. Yeah. I mean, as far as, as yeah, I think you're right. As far as him being prone to being clipped, I, I do kind of agree with that. I mean, granted, Drew Dober's got a fucking really good punch too. So that's the thing. So yeah. like. You know, if you for, got... for me to assess that, for, for me to say like someone is like has a weak chin or prone to getting clipped, they got to be like dropped or wobbled or stopped by someone who isn't known for doing that. Like Drew Dober yes. can put a motherfucker away. Yeah, exactly. And and Terrence McKinney got stopped because of unanswered shots. Uh, you know, what I mean, like he wasn't out; he was just just unanswered shot. He he was looking at um, who I think Chris Tayoni, uh. And, you know, just got up and was just, you know, hard on himself. Uh, he, yeah. His mouthpiece was out. Um, there was that. But uh, I don't think he was out. So. Yeah, I, I would never call it TKO, but it was, a, it was a good stoppage for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Great question for KGB. The fucking, the, the girls said they roast Terrence McKinney all the time, dude. Because <laughs> he, he has said some dumb shit before. And yeah. he definitely needs to be calling it. I haven't seen a ton of it. I remember seeing one where I was like, whoa, definitely need to not pay attention to your tweets anymore <laughs> but like i don't keep up with it but he did right. fucking ratio john jones one time which was amazing where he As was like do. like john jones said something like it was like on christmas or or he might have tweeted on christmas eve but like terrence bonagris he just said oh no we're not doing this on christmas <laughs> um i fucking feel the mma dudes <laughs> Said, who is the most boring light heavyweight, and why is it Santos? I mean, he's not wrong. Unfortunately, like two two in a row, like yeah. And this is why it's like you're only as good as your last one. But like before yeah, that, last, he was, last one was a really Walker. exciting fighter. So I think that's a bit of hyperbole. I also think that light heavyweight in general, not a very exciting division, which is kind of weird to think of. 
Yeah, like it's if you're not at the upper echelon, you're fucking like. Yeah, it's also sponsored by uh, Battle, you know, Motors. So. Yeah. Oh, dude, the fucking truck company. Weird. Mm. Uh. Yeah, I'm. I mean, that's two. That is two in a row, though. But I, I, I'm, str- I'm also struggling to think of a more boring one. I'm like, there has to yeah. be one, but like, and he's ranked fifth. Yeah. Well, it's just that they really believe in him because he just has been slowly dropping, like, because he was ranked number one or number two at one point when he fought Jen Jones. And then it's just been sort of like he's been hanging on to that ranking. I think it was number one because I remember when he fought Glover, that was his first fight after the knee surgery after Jen Jones. And I was like, oh, why, why is this a thing? And then he lost. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Probably Santos. Yeah. Fucking A. All right, this question from Pat Tobin, dude. I swear to God, I always, I always say this: like Pat Tobin will like. He's definitely the example of like, he's conservative with his questions because he doesn't like. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I said I just said nothing. I literally just said nothing. I love it. But so it, general, so it could be a building. Yeah, yeah, it could yeah, so it could have been a building. <laughs> it was so vague. Um, but but Pat Tobin will will. It's like a comet. I think I have said that before, where it's like right. You know, it only comes once in a while, but when it comes, dude, it's fire. Who are some of your favorite fighters because of their crowd-friendly, exciting fighting style? But because of this, will likely never be a champion or even a serious contender. I think there was a few candidates on this card tonight. What a, it's such an it's so specific, oh. like that's interesting that they will never be a serious contender, huh? Because of it. Well. To to his point of there were a few candidates on the card. I have to say we've been bigging him up, but if I'm being honest, I might put Khalil in that bracket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is yeah. also just to say that mostly it's it's also like his not being well roundedness, right? You know what I mean? And I and I I meant to say this about Catfish's question as well. Like his loss to Johnny Walker, that was when Johnny Walker was doing his weird mobile shit where he was catching dudes and you know serious like. Johnny Walker knocked out Misha Sirkinov was like a ranked guy at the time, you know. So anyway, I digress. This podcast is not about Johnny Walker. That's actually the title of this episode. This podcast is not about not about never about Uh, Johnny Walker. uh, But dude, uh, Uh, I also would have to say, and it hurts my heart to say this. It's also because of the division she's in, but but like Meatball Molly, yeah. And and, mo- and mostly, that is mostly because of the division that she's in. Mm-hmm. She does have that style no matter what. She'll just fucking come forward and she doesn't give a fuck. Uh, Alex Caceres, another one. Probably never will fight. Yeah. But, you know, love him. He's great. Um, she's I'm tr- I'm still... I'm trying to think of someone... Uh, oh, you know who's another good one that's not on this card? Speaking of Neptune, New Jersey... Lando Venata. Mm. I love his fucking weird fighting style. I love his the fights he had with Bobby Green were iconic. Those draws that he had. Mm-hmm. Um fucking the fight with Matt Frivola was another mm-hmm. draw. But he's always like coming up short, kind of. Yeah. And it's yeah. Up. I'm trying to think of anyone else that I know that I'm never never gonna fight for the title. I mean, like, unfortunately, like, which is even weirder, like. Wonder Boy, you know, mm. like, I don't want to well, say he's, it, but he's 
contender but, for a title, though. Right. He has contender. He always said but... never be champion or even a serious contender. So I wonder what was a serious contender. So that's, I feel like that's, that's not a. That's a good point. Doesn't apply here. Um, hmm. Okay. But I think, I think to this point, because I was, I was thinking like it doesn't necessarily like apply to people who are prospects coming up. Right. Like, like it's hard to say like Darren Till's another one, not my personal favorite, but like, you know, that's sort of the reason, although he was considered a contender at one point. Um, but I was thinking of, of Muslim King of Kung Fu Salikov, but he right. was mostly like, it's just so late in his career. Like to think of him being a champion is like, why? I mean, like, like honestly, we answered this question a year ago, Glover Tishita. I'm just kidding. Two years ago. Really? No one would have thought. Yeah, I wouldn't. Have oh, that, that's true. That's true. A champion. A year ago, like the question may have been there, but two years ago, that's a good point. Actually, two years ago, you probably would have been like, "Yeah, no, he's he's old, young, done." But like, just like know. MMA is like the sport where you're winning until you're not. It's yeah. also the sport where you're losing until you're not, and that's not just applies on a per fight basis, like on a per streak basis or whatever. You know what I mean? Like a, over a series of fights, like you could be at a lull in your career, and then you could have a complete turnaround mm-hmm. and it can go the other way like with johnny walker where you fucking go to tristar and you go to this sbg and they fucking ruin you dude uh, yeah dude johnny was doing so and then what then he just does his cartoon knockout and that's it oh speaking of which because the johnny walker connection michelle Pereira is another one like because of his fighting style he, he I, he's always going to be one of my favorites but also never going to be champion never which is by the way I think that's perfectly fine. Like, I hate when right. people say, like, oh, well, he'll never be a champion. So fucking what, dude? Champions are, like, one of one at, at a time. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's, at any given point, like, 600 fighters on the UFC roster and, like, 12 champions. Right. Like, not everybody can be not the everyone champ- can be a champion. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You can still have favorite fighters and not have them ever win a championship, you know? Yeah. I mean, look at Macy Barber for me. Uh, <laughs> you definitely said that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, this is from our girl, Sandy Pants. Sandy Pants MMA. So what did y'all think about AJ Fletcher's debut? <laughs> uh, I don't know. What, I don't know if this is new or if I'm just noticing it. I, I want to know why. Maybe I missed a tweet about this. The name that her handle, like not the handle, but the actual name. The P is like a p emoji or whatever where it's like a a blue square with a white background something like that it's like a uh-huh. kind of, like i want to know what's the what's the story there ms pants um <laughs> but what did y'all think of agent fletcher's debut um you have to answer this actually um i remember responding uh, this thinking i was going to be able to watch the fight i was like oh i can't wait because i heard it was fire um and uh our girl jamie in the in the chat i think trains with him and it was like, I told you all about AJ Fletcher. Um, um, good. Uh, it's just unfortunate that he was going against, you know. Yeah, Simmelsburg was really good too. Yeah, but, you know, good uh, good job for AJ Fletcher to stand up against Simmelsburg looking like a bum. Literally looking like a caveman. Like, Simmelsburg, you know? as you mean? Yeah, Simmelsburg. Yeah, so I was say, standing he does up look to like AJ, a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, weirdly, I was like, man, he's really, really uh, grimy. Uh, and that's why he won. Uh, but, um, 
I mean, I think I thought AJ looked good. It's just like I said, it's unfortunate it was against Semmelsberger. So yeah, I'm interested to see what his next fight is after this. Um, because being able to hold on as long as he did and give Semmelsberger some trouble, uh, I think that we have someone that can be extremely exciting for the division. Uh, yeah, I, saying, I think AJ Fletcher is going to be a player in that division, regardless of the result. Of the right. Sign. I think, you know, that was a great debut, honestly. Absolutely. And this is out of order, but I have to read uh, the question from her man's struggle face, Tom. Shout out to Tom, one of the OG uh, listeners of this podcast. He says, has the funeral procession started for Marlon Moraes? So bad. And there's a fucking gif that says, what's the hashtag for this funeral? Hey, why is that a gif? <laughs> well, that's a oh. up. it has not. Um, but anyway, it's uh, a good one. Uh, and then we as, just have one more. Position started. Well, if we're talking about his career, if I want to answer that seriously, if you think of that as like, has the funeral procession started for his career? Yeah. yeah it's on its way. It's on its way. Um, but there's another one from, and this is the last one in the form here. From our girl Pamela at Wholesome MMA. She says, Why does the UFC keep letting light heavyweight suffering light heavyweights suffering from Tyron lost hand syndrome main event fight nights? I said I said this like, yo, some fight that's not a main event. Yeah, it's the last fight on the card just because someone's got to go last. Like you have to, you have to make a distinction of what's a main event and what's not. These motherfuckers should not be fighting five rounds if they're going to give us performances like that. Yeah, I don't know what's up with the UFC doing it. I, I Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, like, or like not to be rude, but like top five light heavyweight, light, light heavyweights. Yeah. Top seven, top seven light heavyweights. Go ahead. Let them have a main event. But. No, it's bad. Bad example because they were top. That's what I'm saying. Fuck. That's what I'm fucking saying. No more light, like, hev- light heavyweight wanna, events, main yeah, events. How about this? Only a light heavyweight main event if if it's a number one contender fight. Yeah, that sounds better. If there's no other reason for it to be a main event, don't. And actually, that pretty much applies for most divisions, unless there's otherwise some sort of star power, or if it's like a banger of a fight. If it's a fucking regular ass contender fight. And it's and, and it's not a number one contender. Get it fucking out of there. Yeah, ten, yeah. Because what what mean um, at best? Yeah, anything above ten, like when it's like twelve and fourteen, or like what? Get what are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing exactly? Yeah, figure it out. Seriously, about the Tyron lost hand syndrome. That that was so funny, and like I said, they fucking showed the significant strikes on the thing. Like, hey. Maybe don't use that as like a point of comparison. Like, I don't know. It was pretty brutal. All right. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the forum. And now we are moving on to I was about to say, everyone's favorite segment, but it's not. It's definitely not. It's just where we give our picks for next card. And UFC the, returning to London this weekend. More importantly, the return of Meatball Fuchemali McCann. Let's. Let's see less fucking go paddy the body as well yeah some people were complaining because they were saying that patty was getting co-main and then they're like no uh on tap by the way we've we've talked about this before topology is the most current 
He's, oh, he keeps he's, switching back and forth. He's not the main event, or he's not co-main. the co-main. The, he's yeah. he's the third fight. Uh, yeah, he's, and I think this has always been the case because the Arnold Allen Don Dan Hooker fight is a much more important fight. Absolutely, and and that is one hundred percent a better co-main. Absolutely. Okay, Bro. let's go with our start. Uh, gun, we, wow, Gunner. No, wow. I'll say before we have to mention the prelim, dude. Molly McCann versus Luana Carolina. Molly by stoppage. Yeah. Oh, Jack Shore's fighting too. Yeah, Jack Shore is a fucking hot prospect as well. Okay. I'm trying yeah, to think definitely. if there's any other good callouts. Oh, Mike Grundy versus Maquan Amerikani is not a bad fight. Nathaniel Wood getting back in there. That's Brad Pickett's protege. Nice. Ooh, Jai Herbert versus Ilya Tupuria. I did not know that was a thing. Why is that the curtain jerker? <laughs> It's a fucking weird fight, but okay. Like a weird card order, I'm saying. Yep. Yeah, Jack Shore versus Timur Valiev is headlining the prelims. Uh, Switch that. Make Molly McCann headline them. What the fuck? Hey, UFC, put me in charge of your bout order. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, the opener for the main card is Nikita Corella versus Paul Craig. I'm going with the bear Jew, Paul Craig. I'm also going to go. He's going to get Paul beat Craig. up for three rounds and then going to land the fucking submission right at the end there, just like he did with Magomed and Kalayev. I agree. By the way, I what I love that fucking Magomed fight made me love Paul Craig as well. Like I think I already liked him before, but like the goddamn post-fight interview as well, because I think he was like two and two, and that mm. was the second win. Like he had kind of won one, lost two, and then won that one, and he was like. First things first, we've got to get a new contract. We've got four fights now, two and two. We've got to get a new UFC contract. He, like <laughs> The way he was like, the way he pitched it, he was like, we're going to get that contract and then we're going to be back in business or something like that. The way he said it, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. What do you got for our next fight? Uh, Shamil Abukabu, <laughs> which is what Derek Lewis called him, I have to say, but Abdurahimov <laughs> versus Sergei Pavlovich. Uh... I'm going uh, with Sergey. Yeah, me too. We're gonna go with Sergey as well. Sergey Pavlovich. 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 Sergey is that the guy that used to train with Alistair Overeem and then he had to fight him? I'm trying to look at his record. Yeah. Oh, he lost to Alistair Overeem. That's his only loss. Beat the fuck out of Maurice Green in his last fight. Yep, this is the guy. This is the guy I'm picking. And then Gunnar Nelson versus Takashi Sato. Listen. I will always pick Gunnar Nelson. He's another Agreed. guy that like. Agreed. I could have said him for uh, like Pat Tobin's question, even though it wasn't necessarily like he isn't like a fan friendly for everybody. Like some people don't like it, but I've always loved it. The karate stance that he has and the bouncing back and forth. I'm just a big fan of that. And I'm a big fan of his jujitsu as well. And like when he dropped Alan Doban and decided to go for a submission instead of a uh you know tko on the like follow, follow up the strikes like it, it, the fucking post fight press conference when he was like there's no need for that he's a model as well I, i'm not gonna you know like just the way he said it i love i love gunner nelson did you uh, have a different pick no i i picked gunner as well okay i thought i thought you said that but i also like i have a tendency to like steamroll the conversation and i'm sorry yeah who cares yeah me I'm tired and low energy. I'm not going to talk much. Also, no. Me. Yeah. Also, you. yeah. Also, three hour podcasts. Yeah. Also, three hour podcasts. Definitely not, but yeah, it's not. Um, Patty Pimblet versus Rodrigo Vargas. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going with Patty. I'm going with Patty too. Yeah. 
He's kind of a fuckhead. But um, I don't think Calm listens to this podcast anymore, but he had a really funny uh, voice question one time where he called him a shit stain. It was like, he's a shit stain on Twitter. Yep. Um, Arnold Allen versus Dan Hooker. Dude. I know. I know you're picking Arnold Allen. I'm going to pick Dan uh, Hooker. I was going to say, I hate that we're uh, like, that's okay. I would love for Dan Hooker to win, but something about Arnold Allen, dude. Something about Arnold Allen, dude. First of all, I love his weird ass post fight interviews. I want him to, to win because of that. Like another one of the like moment, great moments of, of UFC in, in England cards for Rhino's question was like, he fucking fought. I think it was his fight where he fought. Um, I want to say like Mads Brunel or something was getting like, not really dominated, but like kind of out grappled. Mm. And then he hits him with like a ninja choke. And that's what finishes the fight. And then he has, he goes nuts. The crowd goes nuts. And he's on the, on the mic with his dad in his corner. Who's a, who's a either former or like semi-retired bodybuilder and who literally did steroids. And he was like, my dad, look at him. Fucking did a bunch of steroids. Not me though. I'm clean as a whistle. Or <laughs> like what the fuck? He definitely did. It's one of his post interviews. And I think it was that one. It had to have been a London card because he's fought there a lot, but. Fucking A. Picking on Allen. Got it. Yeah. And I do, I love Dan Hooker too. You know, it's, it's so hard for me. Yeah. I just, I think but it's going to be. You see, you see it being edged out. And that makes sense. Uh, but what I don't see being edged out is fucking Alexander Volkov and Tom Aspinall. Bro, Tom Aspinall's Aspinall too fucking fast, bro. It's too fucking fast. And Volkov tends to win when he uses his height well. Tom Aspinall's fucking huge, dude. Yeah. Like he's not one of those smaller heavyweights that Alexander Volkov can like bully around. I want to say I thought he was like six four or six five. Michael Bisping was just on Eric Hawani's show talking about prospects and he called him six six. I'm gonna see if it, oh yeah, six five. I was right. Yeah. But either way, I think Volkov's like six seven. It's two inches. Right. Still small, but but yeah, Tom Aspinall's just too he's too fast for the height he is. Too fast and, and too powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Plus so I definitely choke him out as well. Yeah, I definitely got Aspinall for this one. Yeah, I'm putting Aspen all my cards on Tom. That's right. How could you not? Yeah. Well, this was a special daylight savings time episode. We'll be back to regular form <laughs> next weekend, hopefully, depending on if I have a job or not. Uh, but anyway, well, I mean, it's it's a Monday through Friday job, but it, I just have to be up super early, so we'd have to figure stuff out. Anyway, with that being said, uh. You guys can all follow me at LeoGH2113 on Twitter and Instagram. Please like and subscribe. I wasn't trying to cut you off. Go ahead. I just, no, go for on. Some That's reason, it. I was just pointing. Uh, if I follow me at uh, Friendly Spark Pod. Um, and if you want to watch this podcast instead of just listen to it, you can go to Friend. You can go to, I was going to say some, some podcasts have like a website and they were like, go to, you know, podcastname.com slash Patreon. But no, mm-hmm. it's the other way around. Cause we don't fucking have that here. <laughs> it's patreon.com right. slash friendly sparring and our lovely patrons who are just the best. They really keep us going. Honestly, I, I say this all the time. We can't stress this enough. We love the shit out of you guys. Um, yes. APB, Sandy pants, Alex from Jersey, T cross fee. Dave L, Jimmy the Drunk, Tricky Dick, Mixed a Man, Anonymous, David Everett, 
Wholesome MMA, Brian Pichet, Dave, a.k.a. Nobby Buckles, Super Manly Nick, David S., and D-Crons, the best people I know. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the podcast. Leo, did you have anything you wanted to say before I uh, wrap this up here? 